0: Open your Bibles, if you would, to Genesis chapter 12. The majority of our text this morning will come from the book of Genesis. We are going to be looking at some of the events in the life of Abraham. We... uh, in our Wednesday night class, we have been looking at, uh, really, the story of the Bible. The big story that carries through all of Scripture, and that is God's redemption of man. From very early on in, in the garden, when even Adam sinned and fell away from God. The rest of Scripture is talking about... Talk about God's redeeming of man back to himself. And we just concluded the section on Abraham, one of the patriarchs. If we talk about the patriarchal age of dispensation in the Bible, we look at Abraham and the importance of his role in this story. So this is going to be a little bit of a review for you folks in the Wednesday night class, but hopefully there'll be some application here that we haven't made in class and be beneficial to you, but those who haven't been with us, hopefully this will be a good review for you as well, talking about this man, Abraham, and particularly, we're going to be talking about Abraham's faith. We made note as we were going along that much is said about Abraham's faith, and uh, particularly as an example, in the New Testament, the New Testament writers speak often of Abraham, we'll mention that here in just a moment. But Abraham's faith is, uh, is, is crucial in understanding how God deals with his people and how God expects his people to deal with him. And mainly it is that faith that God wants us to have, to believe in him. And that's where we start. We start with understanding that Abraham believed in the Lord and he reckoned it to him as righteousness, as we read there in Genesis chapter 15 and verse 6. So understanding that the belief in God is well-pleasing to God. The scripture here says that, that Abraham believed God and, and what did God do in return? It says that he reckoned that to him as righteousness. And that is so very important. The New Testament writers pick up on this in their discussions of what it means to be a faithful servant to God even in the, under the law of Christ. A couple of things about Abraham as we set the stage here. Abraham only Jesus himself is discussed more in the Bible than Abraham. Tells you a little bit about how important this man was in the unfolding of God's plan and the example that he serves. As I mentioned, the New Testament writers pick up on things about Abraham. There's eight New Testament writers that mention Abraham in their writings. And that's significant. God promised to bless all nations of the earth through him. As we read, and we'll read again there in in Genesis chapter 12 and verse 3. He promised to bless all nations of the earth through him. That's pretty significant, isn't it? That just shouldn't pass by our reading. That's significant. All nations shall be blessed through his descendants. And as we mentioned, his faith serves as an example to us. We see uh, this man and others in, in Hebrews chapter 11, that book on faith. These individuals that displayed faith. Abraham's in the, amongst that list and, and well he should be. He serves as an example of what it means to believe God. And that means that, they, that there is a faith in God and it means that it causes us Um, Not only to believe and not only to have the mental capacity, but also to act. There's things that we do because we believe God and believe in God. As we go through, I want to talk about um, Abraham's faith being tested. You know, um, this is something we identify with, right? We see our faith being tested a lot in our lifetime. Abraham's not immune from this. There's tests that Abraham went through, and some he passed, and some he didn't. Let's first look at this idea about um, Abraham was told to leave his homeland. Uh, if you're there in Genesis chapter 12, let's, let's read this again. Jack uh, did a fine job of reading these first three verses. We'll read those again and, and a couple of more. Genesis chapter 12, beginning of verse 1. It says, Now the Lord said to Abram, Go forth from your country and from your relatives and from your father's house to a land which I will show you. And I will make you a great nation. And I will bless you. And I will make you a great name. And so you shall be a blessing. And I will bless those who bless you. And I will curse those who curse you. And in you all families of the earth shall be blessed. So Abram went forth as the Lord had spoken to him, and Lot went with him. Now Abram was seventy-five years old when he departed from Haran. And Abram took Sarai his wife with him, and Lot his nephew, and all their possessions which they had accumulated, and the persons which they had acquired in Haran. And they set out for the land of Canaan. Thus they came to the land of Canaan. Now, understand that this is no insignificant thing either that he left his family in Ur and in Haran to go where God had told him to go. He had to leave all this behind, his family, his homeland. If we look over in chapter 15 and verse 7 for just a moment, it says there, And he said to him, I am the Lord who brought you out of Ur of the Chaldeans to give you this land to possess it. Back over here in chapter 12, he talks about leaving Haran. But actually, his journey started before that when he left Ur. We had this map in our class. If you remember, way down here is Ur the Chaldeans. This is where Abraham begins his journey. So from here, he goes, travels up here to Haran. And that's where the events that happened here, chapter 12, when God speaks to him and says, leave where you are now, he was in Haran. And he's going to go from there down into Canaan which is, would, would be the promised land for the Jews. So this is no small journey. This is no minor thing. He was told to leave his uh, family and, and all that he had left, left behind in Ur and in Haran. He took some things with him as he, uh, as he traveled along, but mainly he left his family behind. He took Sarah with him and his nephew Lot, but the rest he left behind. And according to verse 1, he didn't know exactly where he was going. Remember what it says there? The Lord said to Abram, go forth from your country and from your, uh, your relatives and from your father's house to a land which I will show you. How would you feel if you set out on your journey and didn't know exactly what your destination was? Today it would be kind of hard because you've got to plug it into your phone, right? You've got you to have that destination so to know where you're going, what time you're going to arrive, how long it's going to take you to get there, there's traffic in between. What if you set out and didn't really know where you were going? It takes some faith, doesn't it? It takes some faith in God to understand that I'm going to set out on this journey and somewhere along the way he's going to tell me where I'm going, ultimately. One thing about this, God made him a promise. You know, God always uh, rewards those who follow his commandments. Abraham's given the promise of all promises, right? That threefold promise—the land, the nation—and through him, all nations will be blessed. God rewards those who follow His command. In Hebrews chapter eleven and verse six, it speaks of faith, and it says, "Without faith, it is impossible to please God, for he is uh, for he who comes to God must believe that He is, and He is the rewarder of those who seek Him." So, when we seek after God, there's a reward us and we know what that reward is ultimately it's the reward of heaven but along the way God blesses us doesn't he think about the journeys of Abraham how he was blessed along the way when he um, meets up with uh, in Egypt and the events of Sarah that we'll talk about here in just a moment he was even rewarded in that with livestock and riches that he's rewarded along the way God rewards those who follow his commands. That is true for us today. What's also true for us today is there is this this idea that we've got to leave our homeland too. We've got to leave behind the things in this world that would keep us from completing our journey. In Matthew chapter 19 and verse 29, our Lord says, and everyone who has left houses or brothers or sisters or father or mother or children or farms for my name's sake will receive many times as much and will inherit eternal life. Now that's our that's our commission to to start our journey, isn't it? We have got to leave behind the things in the world. Whatever they might be, if it's father or mother or sister brother or brother, our family, if it's our farms, our homeland. If that's what's required of us, we have to be willing to do that. We have to be willing to leave all that behind. And what does our Lord say? He will receive many times as much and will inherit eternal life. See, we'll receive that blessings along the way and the ultimate blessing of eternal life. It's quite a promise to us, isn't it? Quite a promise indeed. Abraham's faith was also tested when he had to endure famine. It says here in in chapter 12, you look down to verse 10. It says how there was a famine in the land. So Abram went down to Egypt to sojourn there, for the famine was severe in the land. And it came about when he came near to Egypt, that he said to Sarai, his wife, Now see, I know that you are a beautiful woman, and it will come about when the Egyptians see you that they will say, this is his wife, and they will kill me, but they will let you live. Please say that you are my sister, so that it may go well with me because of you, and that I may live on account of you. And it came about, when Abram came into Egypt, the Egyptians saw that the woman was very beautiful, and Pharaoh's officials saw her and praised her to Pharaoh, and the woman was taken into Pharaoh's house. So this test comes along where there's a great famine in the land so Abraham has to leave and he goes down into Egypt and as we made mention in our class um, there's many dangers in travel especially in this day it's not easy and there's things as you travel and go into a different land that uh, some dangers that are there and Abraham was well aware of that and that's why he uh, came up with this plan for For Sarah to tell everyone that he was his sister, not his wife, so that he could live. So that he wouldn't be put to death and his wife taken from him. Here's a test that Abraham failed. Abraham didn't have enough faith at this moment in his life to believe that God would deliver him. Sarah was beautiful. He was worried that They would see Sarah, and they'd want to take her for his wife, which is exactly what happened. But they would kill him in the process. Now, the promise has been made to him about through his descendants, all the families of the earth are going to be blessed. So, you know, we kind of see in Abraham him trying to preserve his life so that this promise might come true. But where's his faith? Where's his faith in depending on God to make sure that the promise comes true? He kind of took it upon himself, didn't he? He didn't trust that God would protect him. And we have to have that trust. We have to trust that God will take care of us. Our Lord says that he will. Our Lord says that we'll be taken care of. The things that we need in this life will be provided to us. But we must maintain our faith in God. Christian faces trials too. Fortunately in this country we don't face many famines, do we? I know I don't. We are very wealthy in this in this in this culture in this country that we live in. We don't face things like famine, but people in the world do. But we do face trials in our own lives, don't we? Go over with me to James chapter 1. <clears throat> We use this passage often to talk about the, the trials that we um, are beset with. In James chapter 1, verse 2, beginning, it says, Consider it all joy, my brethren, when you encounter various trials, knowing that the testing of your faith produces endurance. And let endurance have its perfect result, that you may be perfect and complete, lacking in nothing. You see, we're going to encounter various trials. But what's spoken of here and what James says is that knowing the testing of your faith produces endurance. Abraham's uh, faith was tested, wasn't it? Our faith is tested too. We have these trials that come in our life and it tests our faith. What are we going to do? Are we going to pass the test or are we going to fail the test? Either way, brethren, we need to make sure that we are learning from what it is that we... Are tested by, and understand that um, these tests come along and they, uh, <coughs> at the result of them though is our faith should increase. We should be better off on the other side of conflict than we were before the conflict came along. Just like Abraham, we pass some tests and we fail some tests. We need to make sure that we're learning on both sides of that. Abraham was also promised a son. Let's go back to Genesis now. Let's go to Genesis chapter 15. Genesis chapter 15. So the promise has been made to Abraham that he was going to be the father of a a land and a nation and through him all the families of the earth will be blessed. Here in chapter 15, the, the promise starts to be narrowed down as far as Uh, who that uh, promise is going to come through as far as his descendants. In chapter 15, beginning of verse 1, it says, After these things, the word of the Lord came to Abram in a vision, saying, Do not fear, Abram. I am a shield to you. Your reward shall be very great. And Abram said, O Lord God, what wilt thou do, since I am childless, and the heir of my house is Eliezer of Damascus? And Abram said, Since thou hast given me no offspring... One born of my house is my heir. Then behold, the word of the Lord came to him, saying, This man will not be your heir, but one who shall come forth from you, your own body, he shall be your heir. And he took him outside and said, Now look towards the heavens and count the stars, if you are able to count them. And he said to, the, and he said to him, So shall your descendants be. So... We may think, well, how is Abraham's faith being tested here if God has promised him a son? What does Abraham say? How is this going to happen? I'm so old. How is this going to happen to me? And not only that, but Sarah was barren, remember? How is it that he's going to have a child in his old age and Sarah being barren? And God takes him out and he demonstrates to him how many descendants he's going to have by having him count the stars in the heavens. how they must have felt in that. <laughs> you imagine? How he must have felt for God to tell him that, see how many stars there are? So shall your descendants be. And then we have what's recorded there in verse 6. It says, Then he believed in the Lord, and it rec- he reckoned it hit, hit to him as righteousness. So Abraham passed that test. Because Abraham believed that God was going to Bless him so much that his descendants will be like the stars of the heavens, like the sand on the seashore. He'll tell him also. What does it say? It says that he believed God, and what did God do? He reckoned it to him as righteousness. Abraham passed that test. God still expects faith in him, He still expects us to have that kind of faith that Abraham demonstrated. Look over with me in Galatians chapter 3. <clears throat> Galatians chapter 3, beginning of verse 1. You foolish Galatians, who is it that has bewitched you, before whose eyes Jesus Christ was publicly, uh, publicly portrayed as crucified? And we remember about uh, Galatians and He took issue with them that they were so quickly turning away from the gospel which had been preached to them. This is a theme that runs throughout this book. And so now he comes to chapter 3 and he's talking to them about faith. Verse 2, it says, This is the only thing I want to find out from you. Did you receive the Spirit by the works of the law or by hearing with faith? Are you so foolish? Having begun by the Spirit, are you now being perfected by the flesh? Did you suffer so many things in vain, if indeed it was vain? does he then who provides you with the Spirit and works miracles among you, do it by the works of the law or by hearing with faith? Even so Abraham believed God and it was reckoned to him as righteousness. Therefore, be sure that it is those who are of faith who are sons of Abraham. You see how Paul weaved that right into his, into his argument here? Is it by the works of the law that you're being perfected or by faith? Here's Abraham. What did he do? He believed in God. And it was reckoned to him as righteousness. Guess what? Same thing applies to you. Let's read verse 7 again. Therefore, be sure that it is those who are of faith who are the sons of Abraham. You know, so much of the, uh, the Jewish argument, if you will, was that we're Abraham's descendants, so therefore we're blessed. The law of Christ comes in and it says it is those who are of faith who are Abraham's descendants. Not just merely a worldly birth, but those who believe in God. And so our faith is paramount to our religion. We must believe in God. We must have faith that he is who he says he is. The ultimate test of Abraham's faith was when he was told to offer Isaac. Look over in Genesis chapter 22 now. There's other things along the way obviously but we're not going to get to all of them. But the ultimate test of Abraham's faith was to offer his son. In Genesis chapter 22 verse 1 and 2 it says, Now it came about after these things that God tested Abraham and he said to him Abraham and he said here I am and he said take now your son your only son whom you love Isaac and go to the land of Moriah and offer him there as a burnt offering on one of the mountains which I will tell you as we mentioned this is the ultimate test of Abraham's faith and it's in these few words here that we get a glimpse of just how important and how significant this offering was take your son your only son remember this is his only son who was through Sarah not Ishmael who was through Hagar that's not who the promise was going to come from It was going to come from Isaac so this is indeed the only son of promise whom you love He loved this son, of course he did. Isaac calls him by name and tells him to go offer him as a burnt offering. And we made this point in class. Do you think Isaac would have survived being a burnt offering? This is the ultimate test of faith. That through all that Abraham has been through up to this point, and now here's the son, and God tells him to go and offer him. To put him to death. But Abraham's going to pass this test with flying colors. Because what did he do? What does it say in verse 3? He arose early in the morning and saddled his donkey. He didn't wait around, he didn't hesitate. He got up the next morning, made provisions, put the wood on Isaac's back, and off they went. We see the high point of Abraham's faith. And he's going to go through with it all the way to the point where he's with the knife ready to slay his only son. And he stopped at that point and God realizes now that the condition of Abraham's faith. He sees that he is willing to even put his own son to death. It says there in verse 11, Abraham, Abraham, and he said to him, here I am. Verse 12, do not stretch out your hand against the lad and do nothing to him For now I know that you fear God, since you have not withheld your son, your only son, from me. Abraham passed that test, didn't he? With flying colors. To be a Christian, you know, we have to be willing to sacrifice all. God's not going to call on us to sacrifice our children. But he is going to call on us to sacrifice all that we have in this world if it means... That those things come between him and uh, him and us, if it stands in the way of us serving our God, we have to be willing to sacrifice those things. Look over in Matthew chapter ten. <clears throat> Matthew chapter ten, beginning verse thirty-seven. It says, he who loves father or mother more than me is not worthy of me. And he who loves son or daughter more than me is not worthy of me. And he who does not take his cross and follow after me is not worthy of me. He who has found his life shall lose it, and he who has lost his life for my sake shall find it. There's the sacrifice that God expects of us. He expects us to love him more than anything else. And that might mean sacrifice in our own lives. It might mean that our service to God comes between us and our father or our mother or come between us and our daughter or son. So be it. God expects that level of sacrifice. Like I said, he's not going to expect us to take out a, a knife out and slay our own children. But we must, must be willing to forsake them. If they become between us and our service to Him. Doesn't mean we don't love them any less. Doesn't mean we don't want to do our best to convert them if they're of the world. But our service to God has to come first. You know, Abraham's faith was rewarded. We read there in chapter 15 and verse 6 and he believed in the Lord, and he reckoned to him it to him as righteousness. There's a reward. He believed in God. And God recognized that in him. And he reckoned it to him as righteousness. And so the New Testament writers go back and point to that and say, look, this is righteousness. This is what it looks like for a man to have faith in God. And you come to chapter 25 in the book of Genesis, this is the accounting of the death of Abraham. In chapter 25 and verse 8, it says, Abraham breathed his last and died at a ripe old age, an old man, and satisfied with life. And he was gathered to his people. He was 175 years old when he died. That's 100 years after he left Haran to go down to Canaan. And it says there that it was his ripe old age, an old man, and satisfied with life. Think about all that Abraham went through in those hundred years. From the events that uh, in Egypt when he had to deal with that and the promise of his son and the, the, another time when he meets up with Abimelech and the whole thing with Sarah being his sister comes up again to the offering of his only son the high point of his faith. It says there that he was satisfied with life. I hope when we get to that ripe old age, that we can be satisfied with life and look and understand that we've done the best that we could in the years that we've had. And I know we'll all have regrets looking back, but take the time now to minimize those regrets. Live a life of faith. Learn from Abraham's mistakes. And have that high point in faith And try to have that all the time. It's difficult, isn't it? It's a tough challenge. So it comes down to this. Let God reckon you as righteous by believing in him. Our faith begins with believing who God is. We mentioned in our class on Peter, when our Lord asked his disciples. Who do you say that I am? Remember what Peter says. Thou art the Christ, the son of the living God. That's where our faith begins. Believing in God. So if you're here and you're not a child of God, I would encourage you to become one. And it starts with that belief. You've heard the word of God. You've heard the gospel. The message of Jesus Christ dying on the cross. And that is how God has Redeemed man back to him. That's the gospel message. Believe in that. Repent of your sins. Confess who Jesus Christ is. And then you're a candidate for baptism. You're ready to go down into those waters. and To be buried in Christ. In the waters of baptism. And come up a new creature. To walk in newness of life. If you have not done that, I encourage you to do so. If as a child of God you have stumbled along the way, and your faith is wavered, take time to renew your faith. Take time to recommit yourself to serving the living God. Whatever your needs might be, you can let them be known by coming forward as we stand and sing to encourage you.